Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, thank you, Farad, and welcome, fellow baby boomers, to Another Day Above Ground. This is the uh, this is the show where we talk about all things boomer, especially the fact that as of today, we're all above ground. And when I say we, I'm referring to my two partners on this show. First of all, joining us on the phone because of a internet outage in Colorado is Carolyn Strauss. Can you hear me, Carolyn? Yeah, I can. I don't want to be a guest on my own show. This just makes me sad. <laughs> well, no, don't be sad. It's another day above ground. Just be happy you're alive. <laughs> I am very happy I'm alive. And hey, there's chocolate everywhere because it's almost Halloween. So I'm happy. There you go. <laughs> and from beautiful Indiana, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Hey, big debates tomorrow night. It's uh, Rather than being on C-SPAN, though, this year they're going to broadcast them on Comedy Central. <laughs> and I believe there will be singers and dancers in there just to make it more entertaining <laughs> because other than that, it's going to be... Uh, Ah, this this election has just has me overwhelmed. You know, 320 million people in this country. These are the two best they could find, and that that's uh, it's very disconcerting. But hey, you know, as long as I don't have to pay any income tax, I know where I'm voting. <laughs> <laughs> what you're running for president, then you don't have to pay income tax. Trump didn't. I know. That's what news. I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we've got uh, we got a special guest today because we want to, one of the things that concerns baby boomers is our retirement. You know, if we're not in it, we're darn close to it. And what do we do after we retire? Some of us, you know, just prefer to you know, watch TV all day. Not that that's bad. Other people wanting to get uh, want to get into other uh, careers. We have a special guest today who retired when he was ready because. He he hated his job. <laughs> one, of, one, one of the best paying, most sought after jobs in the world. Please welcome speaker, speaker hall of fame member, legends of speaking member, and a guy who hates the business, Mister <laughs> Mister Joe Calloway, joining us from Nashville. How you doing, Joe? I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to have contact with people on any day. Exactly. exactly. It's this, fabulous. Uh, this, this virus thing is is getting to me, man. I, I don't know uh, what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get a full de de decontamination suit and wear it out, and just you know, so I can at least talk to people. But uh, but yeah, it's it's not getting any better. We don't know when it's going to end. So what the hell? We'll just have some fun today. So Joe, you know, you uh, you decided to retire from the speaking business, and uh, now all of a sudden you have more time on your hands, and you can do a lot of what, like the family chores, what taking the dog to the vet, stuff like that. I, I can. It's it's funny you say that, Dale, because just gosh, was it last? It was Friday, Friday morning. Uh, we, we've noticed. Look. Oh, cute. Oh, cute. Aww. And he's right. He's right there. He's off. Scout. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Scout is our fabulous King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Great dog. Those of you that are dog owners may be familiar with the term anal glands. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. You don't and have those to be of a dog are... owner. You don't have to be a dog owner to be <laughs> exactly. <with that>. I... <laughs> I was about to say, or just general aficionados of yeah is they have to be they have to be expressed yes they do not to well, be confused we... with espresso hang on I'm... Be patient Please don't. <laughs> bad idea <laughs> so last week uh annette and i and and kate were noticing you know we think scout needs to go to the vet and have that taken care of which he periodically does and so I put him in the car Friday morning, and I pull up at, at the vet's office. And the, during COVID, they've got a card table set up outside with people that will, two people that take turns walking up to the car and checking you in. And, the, the, you know, they kind of know me there because we've got Scout, we've got a cat. So anyway, I roll my window down, and uh, she walks up to the car and says, hi, Mr. Callaway, what can we do for you today? And I said, well, I got Scout here, and he needs the anal gland thing done. And she says, sure, and she writes it down. She says, let me go over and check you in. And so she goes, it's, she was 15 feet away. She sits down at the card table. My window is down. She picks up her walkie-talkie and says, uh, Joe Callaway's here for an anal gland inspection. <laughs> and I said... Scout. <laughs> Scout. <laughs> but I, Dale and I wanted to be sure that we re we wanted to be sure we remembered to tell the story, and I'm just glad that nobody has seen my schedule for the last few days. <laughs> Dale Irvin anal gland inspection. No, it's just a reminder. <laughs> the schedule, if you're listening to this, said Dale Irvin anal gland inspection. So oh. <laughs> that's not something you really want on your calendar. It is really sad that you quit the business because what a signature story, Joe. I mean, <laughs> Boy, I mean, I may need to get back in. At least for a little while. So, Joe, you were a, you're a legendary speaker in the business. You're in it for, what, 30, 35 years, something like yeah, that? Yeah, 35 years. Very, uh, very well-known, very uh, demand, in high demand at uh, conventions and everything. He and I had the chance to work together several times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like me, I always thought he liked what he was doing because I like to go places and make people laugh, but... He was not that crazy about it. What what was it, Joe? What drove you What drove you nuts about making uh, speeches? The the first few years, Dale, I did. I actually did enjoy it, and I would be in the back of the room, and I would think, "Let me up there. Let me up there. Let me up there." And then it it started to shift, and I'll never forget. And this was 30 years ago. Um, and Annette, my wife, and I were working together. She was handling a lot of the the bookings, and she went on to have her own bureau for a while. But I remember she she came in with a, a date that had just gotten booked and she gave it to me and she looked at me and she said, you know, this is not a great situation. We work our butts off to get these jobs and every time you get one, it just takes the air out of you because uh, you, you don't want to do it. That was 30 years ago. Uh, and I, you know, it's odd. Um, I didn't like being gone. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather stay home. And once exactly. we had kids, I'd rather stay home and be with them. 
uh, I didn't like spending night after night after night after night in a hotel room by myself with the client saying, oh, go down to the reception with 700 total strangers. You'll love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an extrovert. so We have hors d'oeuvres down there. They're very yeah, nice. Oh, you'll love it. Yeah. It'll be great. And a lot of speakers, that's like a bonus. That's a cherry on top. To me, it yeah. was horrible. At, I, I hated that look stuff. Look at Dale nodding his head, and I don't think oh, it's yeah. the hors d'oeuvres or the strangers. I think it was on the what's on the other side of the table there. Well, it was it, it was the open bar for me. Yeah, that's what me I said. There. That's about it. <laughs> well, I took about three, four up to my room. <laughs> you and I had shared time at a few of those at conventions, Dale. But and you know, and here's the other thing, and this was totally weird. It got to the point where I really got clarity that I didn't like being the center of attention as I stood on stage in front of 2,000 people. And that's, Dale, you may remember my gig, my presentation started to get progressively more and more inter interactive. Mm -hmm. Even if it was 2,000 people, I would try and turn it into a conversation. I just didn't like everybody staring at me, waiting for me to say something. Uh, it got to be where your opening line was, so what do you people think? <laughs> exactly. No, close. My opening line was, I tell you what, turn to the person next to you, and for the next, oh, 40 minutes, talk about whatever business subject you think <laughs> is most important to your company, and then we'll report in and see what we came up with. But... Um, yeah, it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse until finally a year ago last March. So <clears throat> March of 2019, I got three calls on, a well, three emails on a Monday, three totally different clients, all with full fee job offers. And I said no to all three of them because I just didn't want to do them. And then I thought, hmm, if I'm going to say no to all the work, I maybe ought to take it off the table. So I sent an email to every bureau that day and said, take me off your website. Um, no more keynotes, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. And that came home that night and I said, guess what I did today? She said, what? I said, I quit my job. She said, I'm ah, 20, 25 years later than you should have, but good for you. <laughs> cool. And uh, you've, you've also written a lot of uh, business books. Did you, did you like that part or no? Yeah, I love writing. I love sitting in a room by myself and writing. I love the ideas. I wish I could have just written speeches and given them to somebody and said, here, go exactly. say that. Yeah. I have a new Mr. job Biden. for you. Hi, have we met? <laughs> Write me a speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you. Oh my God. Oh my God. I could, I could market myself. Carolyn Strauss by Joe Calloway, <laughs> and I would make a fortune because I love the in front of the room and the, oh, the parties with all the people, only now I won't be able to recognize them because I'll all have masks on, but... Yeah, that's true. Oh, good but timing, Joe. I, I did enjoy the writing, but it's really hard to make a living as a writer. I mean, that's just... Yep. People would say, well, why don't you just do that? Uh... Because I won't make any money. <laughs> There's that. 
Yeah, you have to be a novelist and and put out a lot of books that people want to read. But other than that, it's just uh, you know, mine was a bestseller in my immediate family, and even then, you know, it's only about eighty percent of them. You know, it, I, I like that you sold your book to your family, Dale. That's funny. Somebody had to buy it. Yeah, that's true. Romance, romance, murder, and spaceships. I think those are the only books that sell. It's yeah. it's, it's got to have romance, murder, or a spaceship. If when people would ask me, uh, well, if you could trade jobs with anybody, who would it be? I always said John Grisham. Um, yeah. yeah. Because oh, submarines. I forgot submarines. Tri- Say again. <laughs> I forgot submarines. Romance, spaceships, submarines. Well, no, he's lawyer. Murder. Okay. <clears throat> uh, but the thing about John Grisham is he makes a trillion dollars. He gets to write all the time. He can walk in any restaurant in the world, and nobody's going to recognize it. Right. Right. Which to me is perfect. That's what I always said about Pee Wee Herman and Boy George is that they did the stardom right. Because if they if they went anywhere without their makeup, they no one would have any idea who they were. I think that's so funny, Joe, because if you asked 80 percent of the speakers in in the speaking business, whose what career, whose career would you want to have? They would say Joe Calloway. Don't you agree, Dale? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you you know, you always gave great presentation. The one that you gave at NSA, your last one there, where you just walked off the stage, got into a car, and went to the airport. That was brilliant. That should have been my mic drop. (laughs) Had it been around back then, yes. I should have just stopped. (laughs) But then I wouldn't have had a job, so there's that. It's kind of like the Grimaldi the Clown story, isn't it? Do, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Where where uh, a, a guy walks into a psychiatrist and he says, oh, I'm just so depressed. I'm so sad. I just hate everything. I don't want to live anymore. And the doctor says, go see go see Grimaldi the clown. It, it's, it, it'll cheer you up. It's, he's got to be the funniest guy out there. And he goes, doctor, I am Grimaldi. <laughs> <laughs> Grimaldi. I get it. <laughs> so, Joe, what are you doing now that you're retired and you're way too young to be retired? So given that, what are you doing with your time? You, you're way off on the way too young. <laughs> well, you have to go pick up your child from school. So I'm guessing you're 40. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a reasonable guess. You don't work at the carnival, Carolyn, guessing people's weight. Either that or maybe his kid was put back ten times. That would be reasonable, but really, really wrong. So, well, I I quit doing keynotes, but for a while I did do little small leadership workshops, like the the top ten people for a mid-sized company. Uh, But I wasn't even standing up for those. We'd usually meet in a boardroom, and I'd sit at the end of the table. So it was very conversational, and and they talked as much as I did. But I even stopped doing that uh, a a little before COVID hit, which was holy moly. Talk about great timing. I I got out almost exactly a year before the COVID thing. So I just get to watch that from the sidelines, really. And what I'm doing now is two things. One takes very little time, but it's interesting. Uh, I've been part of a couple of real estate development partnerships for one for probably 18 years and one for maybe 12 years. And we, as a matter of fact, we just started two projects, the two groups. We're building uh, we're building condos uh, 
and, and we, we build condos or we'll build mixed-use development or we'll buy an apartment build, apartment complex that's kind of run down a little bit and underperforming, uh, totally fix it up, uh, fill it up with rents higher than they were, and then after four, five, six, seven years, sell it to, you know, some company that buys apartment complexes. That doesn't take much time, though. What I'm doing that... It's what I, what I did most of this morning. It's really fun. It's not day trading in the stock market, but it is very short-term trading. Like I'll hold a stock for maybe up to a week. Very different than investing. That's a whole different deal. I've got investments. This is trading. And, I mean, we've researched companies. Like, Dale, you had to research everybody that you worked with to find where the funny might be. Uh, I've researched companies for 35 years, but not in this way. And so this is a whole new world of not only researching companies, but the, the key to trading is, what do I think everybody else is going to do? I mean, that's just the absolute key to it. Is everybody else going to buy this stock today or are they going to sell it today? And it, it, I've learned it doesn't make one bit of difference what the analysts say. You can have 100 Wall Street analysts saying, this is the hottest stock in town, buy it. Yeah, you yeah. can buy it and it'll go straight down. It's like, who knows? But it's, uh, it's very interesting to me. And uh, I don't have to get on an airplane. And I can go pick up my daughter in the afternoon. And so that's what I'm doing now. Is that like gambling? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's totally like gambling. Except you don't get free cocktails. And uh, the only thing, the only thing, trying to guess, trying to guess what other people Which are doing they, makes it more like poker. It's a li yeah. little bit of advantage if you can yeah, guess yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah. on the other side of the table, but it's still gambling. By the way, though, that doesn't mean I don't have cocktails. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just by your own. You know, that's a big difference. <laughs> Well, as a as a uh, and I use the term uh, with respect, a legendary speaker, uh, who uh, who has decided to opt out. What advice would you give to new people? Say, I'd like to be a speaker. What do I do, and and how do I know when it's time to retire, and how do I plan for retirement? What would you tell them? To be a new speaker now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I mean, now we tell them, yeah, I get a job at Kmart. <laughs> I mean, it was a hard business to bust into any time. Right. But now, by the way, that's another timing thing. I to go through the whole thing of setting up the home studio and shifting to virtual, you know, I could have done it. I've done a lot of screen stuff, but I'm really glad I don't have to. I really, really, really am. Um, uh, that just would have been hard. You know, it, it's, I, I tell you, and this is an absolute, total, totally honest answer. If somebody were to come to me today and say, what should I do? A big part of my most honest answer would be, I'm not sure that I really know because I haven't competed as a speaker in this marketplace. I can tell you how to do it five years ago. I can tell you how to do it 20 years ago, but right now, the rules have changed in so many ways that, as a matter of fact, I've done this. I've had a couple of people ask me to coach them, and I've said, I'm, I'm not the person. Um, 
I can help you on putting a story together, you know, that sort of thing. But as far as the business, the, the business is dramatically different now than it was when I was in it. And so I don't know if I'd, if I'd <laughs> be in the top tier of advisors. Yeah, I'm the, sa- well, I'm the same way with comedy. I've been doing it so long. It's, uh, it's well, how did you get into the business? You know, it's, uh, well, first you got to get a good VHS tape. then you got to be willing to work uh, pretty much for free for a long time (laughs) but you stay in the nicest hotel rooms oh yeah (laughs) bring other comics and uh and vermin i will never there's actually a story. There's a story like that. It's uh, uh, is a comic calls up a booker, and uh, uh, there's three people staying in a two bedroom house, and uh, they just kind of have a cot set up in the dining room. And it's, of course, the way it's supposed to be is the MC gets the cot in the dining room, and then the the uh, the master bedroom, of course, goes to the with a bathroom attached, goes to the headliner, and the uh, middle act gets just the the one the shared bathroom, and a headliner comes in and. And uh, the the MC who didn't know any better is actually in the uh, in the master bedroom, and uh, calls up the booker and says, uh, "You know, there's not even a door on my room." And he types into his computer. He goes, uh, "Oh, that's wrong. Headliner gets the door." <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a gig, I think it was in Grand Rapids or somewhere up in Michigan. The hotel that they put me up in usually rents by the hour. (laughs) So I'm in here. The first thing I notice, I plop down on the bed, and it's like crinkly. And under this sheet, there's another rubber sheet. The, 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 The adult movies are free. 24 hours, and I swear, I wish I would have kept this. In the bathroom, there was one bar of soap. It was about two inches by one inch. Oh, I know what it, it is. I know the name on it. First, first date. date soap. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen they so many. They wanted you to wash what you got dirty in the room, apparently. <laughs> That's seen, good. I I have a I have a stack of first date soaps. <laughs> You're gonna send them to me, right, Tim? Uh, sure. <laughs> Carolyn could use them. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you even I think you even uh, wrote a book about it, unless I'm mistaken. Is what what got you here isn't gonna get you there. You know, you got to change with the times. And what made well, a speaker five years ago was that you or that's. I didn't write that book, but keep going. What's your question? Okay. Well, then maybe maybe you said it or something, or you, you told me about like some of Marshall the Doesn't look like Marshall Goldsmith. I'm sorry. Just way cuter well, than Marshall that's Goldsmith. Right, it's Marshall Goldsmith. But no, you, that that title it, is exactly the point I was just making. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. I, I, when I used to work with speakers and and speak at NSA chapters. Uh, what's the number one challenge that a speaker has? And I would always say, certainly for business speakers, I thought it was to stay relevant. Um, you, you could, unless you were doing stuff about values and virtue and all that, but if you're doing stuff about business strategy, which was where I played, um, I couldn't do the same speech two years in a row because the market changes, the dynamics change, the economy changes, technology changes, all that stuff. And so, yeah, what got you here won't get you there. And if if you're not relevant, I think even to a certain extent with humor, that it, if if you're not relevant, it's not it's not going to work. 
Exactly. Yeah, you know, you do jokes about Nixon, it's not going to make any deal anymore. You know, yeah. you got to you got to make stories and jokes about what is current. That's all that uh, really matters. And you have to stay in what's politically correct and what's not nowadays. I mean, there I would not want to be a comedian now. Tim, Dale, you guys blow me away because you say something that's really funny, but it's so politically charged right now. Because everything is so politically charged, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't. And as a speaker, I even said something. You know, I studied the difference between men and women. You know, for years and years and years. And there is a biological difference, in case anybody's wondering, between men and women. It's a fact. Yes, there's a but. And and I said something about the difference between men and women just in communicating in business. I got slammed by one of the women in the audience. I'm like, I'm just trying to help you get ahead. And she's like, by talking about the differences, you have just created a them versus us. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to say that and get applause. And now I have taken that entire knowledge base that I have about men and women and thrown it out of every program that I do now. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you can't say men and women. You have to say innies or outies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awful yeah no it's it, it, it there's a lot of uh, you know colleges used to be a big market for comics more and more of them don't want to work it anymore say oh no yeah, I, yeah you gotta walk too too fine of a line to make any jokes with these people you know but uh, joe one thing i wanted to ask is uh your advice on retiring. How do you know when it's time to retire? Oh. And how do you prepare? I, I I don't mean this as a cop-out. I truly do think that that could be different for everybody. I think for some people, they've got a number in mind, whether it's an age number or I've got this much saved number. And when they hit that number, it's like, I'm done. Uh, I'm there. I got to 65 or 70 or I've got X amount of money in the bank. Um, I think for, for some people, this, this brings up a hot button with me, though, because with some people, it's it wasn't with me, obviously. But if you get sick of it, oh, I, I read somewhere, some, some top executive said, if you knew that it was the last day of your life and you didn't choose to go to work, you've got the wrong job. And I just, what? What? Are you are you kidding me? Unless and I worked in a strip club, then yeah, I'd go to work. But still, <laughs> well, and that brings up, and here we're, here's going to get me some hate mail from motivational speakers. The yeah, whole thing about you have to be passionate about your job, and if you're not passionate about your job, then you're a loser, and you need to go do what you're passionate about. Ah. No, there's some people that work at the factory because they've got kids to feed and it's a good paying job with good benefits and their passion is shooting pool. And so they do that on the weekends with their buddies and then they go to work. And I, I just, I think we've gotten carried away with if your passion is pottery, then you should quit your $80,000 a year job and just go home and make pots and be true to your art. And that's cool if you can make it work, but <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think in some ways it's a real elitist view 
of work that says, no, you've got to be, you've got to love your work with all of your being. And if you don't, then, then you're a, a loser and you're doing the wrong thing. Sometimes people just, they have to have a job. Yeah, exactly. Well, as our as our friend Larry Wingate has said, there's a reason it's it's called work for a purpose. Yeah, it's you, know, you go there to work. You don't go there to have fun. You go there to work. Anyone thinks but, anyone who believes in the 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 theory that uh, if you do what you love, the money will follow, needs uh, to watch the wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. If you do if you do what you love, the money will follow. If you're really good at it and anybody's willing to buy it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you know, they're not. I'm really good with a BB gun, but there's no reason you're really going to hire me. It's not a, you know, a trick shot thing I can take on stage. <laughs> it's an, it's a niche market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's two things. There's uh, uh, w when there's something you love, there's the, in, in that transaction, there's buyers and sellers. Very few people can actually be sellers of what you love. Most of us are buyers. It's, yeah. I love, I love beer, but <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm on the selling end, a uh, buying end of that one. <laughs> And the one, you know, the piece of advice I always give to people when they talk about retirement, I say, if you get into a job where you're, like speaking, where you're making a lot of money, save it. Save it. Save it. These actors who I was run about out to of say, money. <clears throat> my dad <clears throat> was a, uh, oh, I'm doing this like my dad was a little bitty. He was a small town banker. Small town bankers don't make any money. But he drilled into, if I, if I were to say, Boy, I sure wish I knew, had a new bicycle. He'd say, that's fine, Jody. How much money you got saved up? And that just became part of my DNA. And so we saved and invested and started early, early, early. And what that bought us was a lot of flexibility right now. Exactly. And so you're exactly right, Dale. That's the best advice about retirement is save your money. You know, and, and I was, uh, you know, starting out as a comedian, when I started making money, I go, oh, cool, I'm going to buy all kinds of cool stuff. Until my wife said, no, I'm going to be in charge of the money. You bring it home, and I'll be in charge. And I'll be damned if that didn't work. <laughs> I'll never forget when he first started to hit it big. Eddie Murphy was on The Tonight Show with Carson. And Carson says, so, Eddie, <clears throat> You're doing well. Have you have you bought any things that you that you like? And Murphy does that laugh and he says, "Yeah, I just go down the street and go look at that watch. It's so shiny. I'm gonna buy that." Like, <laughs> come on, what kind of question is that? <laughs> Murphy said, "No, I'm gonna save some money so I can do what I want." Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. exactly. he 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 knew Norbit was in his future. <laughs> Save some money for when Norman drops. That's what you call your rainy day. <laughs> well, I hope we've been able to present your listeners with some good information on, you know, retirement. Prepare for it, plan for it, and save up for it. And when you're ready, you'll know, you know. Joe knew he was ready when he just said, hey, I can't do this anymore. I knew when I was ready, he said, I don't want to get on another airplane, ever. And you'll know. And hopefully that'll uh, that'll work out for you. But Joe, I'd like one last comment for you from you before we uh, before we wrap it up. One one gem, one 
bit of advice, one jewel of wisdom that you could pass on to our baby boomer audience? Joe hung up. Um, no. <laughs> you hung I'm him sorry. up. I'm, I'm, I, I can't stop thinking of when David Letterman asked that same question of Warren Zevon when Warren Zevon was dying. And Warren Zevon said, enjoy every sandwich. <laughs> I'm going with that. I'm stealing, and I'm going with that. There you go. And I'm going to go have a sandwich right now. But we'd like to thank you, Joe, so much for being with us on another day above ground. You're an official friend of the show now, because this is your uh, your second appearance. Well, I can do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we're really glad you saved your money because yeah, this yeah. will not pay well. Yeah. Uh, we're booked. Sorry, but. <laughs> residuals oh yeah (laughs) every so often i get residuals from a tv appearance that happened 20 years ago for like 15 cents (laughs) anyhow thank you joe calloway mastermind master speaker master retiree who is doing what he wants right now other than that final words carolyn anything to leave the people with well, since Joe's not available, if you need a good business speaker, go to <laughs> carolynstrauss.com. I'm there. There you <laughs> and go. He'll help, and I'll reach out to Joe, and he'll help me write my speech. And boy, it'll knock your socks off because he's brilliant. There you go. There you go. How about you, Tim? Hey, check out my other podcast, Rule of Three, with Tim Slagle and Bent Washburn. That's Bent with It's a G. very funny podcast. Too, I will. Uh, I will vouch for that. Rule of three is a great thing. Other than that, if you uh, if you'd like to laugh every Friday, please go to my website daleirvin.com. Sign up for free for the Friday funnies, and uh, I will promise I will make you laugh every Friday at least for a little bit, and uh, you'll be off to a good weekend. Like there is anything like a weekend anymore. <laughs> the entire week is a weekend. It's all the weekend. That being said, thank you so much. Visit our website, anotherdayaboveground.com. You can leave us a message. If you'd like to be a guest, you can write it down there. You can listen to all of our episodes, read more about us. That's about it for this week. So go out, enjoy the rest of the day, because today is Another Day Above Ground. And that's it for Another Day Above Ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.